This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today on the show, Josette Andrews is joining us. She is headed to Glasgow as we speak to compete in the Indoor World Championships in the 3K. I got to speak with her a couple days before she took off and was really excited to connect. Josette, this is her third time on the podcast. She came on in June of 2021 when she first broke 15 minutes in the 5K for the first time. And then she was on again after she made her first world championships team in the 1500 indoors. Josette now runs with the OAC sponsored by On under coaches Dathan Ritzenhine and Kelsey Quinn. Fun fact, we have an episode with coach Kelsey Quinn who is one of the coaches at the OAC coming on the podcast soon. We recorded it a little while ago and we will be getting that episode out very soon. Josette is always so fun and energetic and she's an exciting person to watch race. And she is for sure one to be watching again for these Olympic trials that are coming up this summer. She placed eighth at the Olympic trials in the 5,000 three years ago and Uh, She was definitely one of the athletes everybody was talking about. And in this episode, we talk about how she's changed and matured over these last three years. I am so excited for her now, though, to be heading over to compete in the Indoor World Championships. That's going to be so fun to cheer her on. All right, friends, listen up. The Shamrock Marathon is just around the corner, and I cannot wait to be there and enjoy a wonderful weekend in Virginia Beach. It's the weekend of March 15th through the 17th. There's an 8K on Saturday, a half marathon and a marathon on Sunday. They even have a kids race. They've got the best after party with live music and yingling beer after the race. I'm going to host a meetup. Details coming soon. Make sure you're following me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. I will be sharing details about that. This is a flat, fast course and oh, so much fun. Go to shamrockmarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, SHAM, S-H-A-M, 10, for 10% off your registration. I hope to see you there. Let me know if you're going to be there. I'd love to meet up. All right. Here's where I ask you to leave a quick rating and review if you haven't done that. Don't just pass by. Pause. Hit pause and go to iTunes or wherever you're listening and leave us a quick rating and review. Let us know what you think about the podcast and That's just a really helpful way for new listeners to find us, which still eight years in, I would love for new listeners to find the show. I appreciate each and every one of you. So grateful you're here. Please, please enjoy my conversation with Josette Andrews. All right. Today on the podcast, we have Josette Andrews on the show. Welcome to the show, Josette. Thanks so much for having me. Do you still use Norris at all? Do you do hyphenated or are you just straight up Josette Andrews? I am Josette Andrews. I haven't legally actually changed it. <laughs> so my license and passport are still Norris. Um, but something I need to do, I'm just procrastinating it. But yeah, I've been racing under Andrews and eventually I'll change it. Um, just a lot of steps to make all those changes. So haven't haven't had a full fall 
I was like, I'll do it when I'm not traveling that much. And then I ended up traveling so much in like October, November, December. So I was like, I can't do it right now with all these flights that I have upcoming. So <laughs> we need a time where I'm not traveling to make that big change. <laughs> it's like kind of tough considering your job. Yes. I didn't want to also risk like with your passport, if I'm going to need it, I'm just too nervous that if I needed it in a certain time frame, but, um, so hopefully this fall, <laughs> I already given up on this spring. <laughs> we maybe haven't talked since you became a married woman. I know I, it's been a long time. So I'm excited to catch back up and be back on the podcast. <laughs> Well, speaking of passports, you have a big reason to have a passport right now. Congratulations on making the world's team, the indoor team. Thank you so much. Yeah, just found out this morning. So it was a little bit of a waiting game after finishing second at USA's, but got the official confirmation this morning. So um, it was a busy morning. I had like 30 minutes before practice to send into USATF what flights I want and all my um, uniform sizing. So really excited. I'll I'll fly out on Monday now um, in a couple days and race on Saturday. So straight final. So that's also really exciting. Yeah. So tell everybody why you had to wait to find out that you made the team. Yes. So I didn't run a 3000 meter this season or even last season, actually. I haven't run one in two years. So based off of um, World Athletics, they were going to go off your 5k world ranking if you didn't run a standard to get in. So I finished in the top two at USA's, which is step one, and then mm-hmm. had to wait for approval from World Athletics um, to fill the field up to the 15 quota because it's a straight final. So it's a pretty concise group. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike if there was rounds, they could accept more people. So I knew I was going to be on the edge um, of making it or not. And it was a little bit of a risk that Dathan and I took, but the priority of the indoor season was to really run that 5K um, Olympic time. And I wanted to run the Milrose Mile, but we wanted me to run the 3K at USA's and hope to have a chance to run at World. So I'm just really excited it worked out. Um, I feel really lucky and I want to be able to show what I can do in a 3K at the World stage next week. Yeah. Why the 3K? Why were you so dead set on that? It fit more with my training right now. We um, decided that we are going to go all in on the 5K this year. So um, in years past, I've been pretty focused on like the 15 and the five, but this year the emphasis really is the 5K. So all my training this indoor season has been 5K focused. And that's why we went to BU at the end of January and I was able to run 1446, which I was pumped about. And the 3K fit more in line with my training in the sense that if I need to do 1500 meter training, you definitely have to spin the wheels a lot more in practice. Mm. And we haven't been doing that. Um, and Milrose was a good spin of the wheels. Um, it was a little tough because I didn't feel as prepared as I should be in years past for the Milrose game. So that was a little hard, but did, uh, gave it my best shot. And I think it also helped me going into USA's five days later as I had a little bit of speed in me and mm. um, the 3K yeah, I don't run it that often. I, I I ran it two years ago. Um, so I I feel a little bit untested in that event, but Dathan's always wanted me to run some more 3Ks because he does feel like it fits my training really well and like the type of runner I am of that VO2 pace, like being in the middle of the 5K15. So I do think it could be my sweet spot. I just haven't had the chance to really show what I could do in that event. Yeah, how did that 1500 feel? Like if you're really in more 5K shape. Yeah, um, it was hard. <laughs> I did 
I did one workout um, leading into Milrose to prep for um, the mile. And it was towards like, I did some 5K pace in the beginning and then did a couple sets of like uh, two sets of six four two and it definitely um I definitely was stuck at 65 and <laughs> that was all I had <laughs> to give <laughs> but um and I was able to hold that for three laps at Milrose but uh, I didn't have it in the legs but it just yeah. takes a little bit um I would need a couple more workouts at mm. doing some 15 pace and mile pace to really feel ready but um it's yeah, it's I'll do some 15s definitely in the spring because that's what I like to do to prep for 5Ks, honestly. One, it takes less out of the body just doing instead of big 5K efforts. And two, I still need that turnover to get ready for the 5K. So I love doing like a 15 the week before 5K. So hopefully I'll put some 15s on the schedule this year. And as we get more towards outdoor where we're ramping down the mileage, um, then things will start to feel a little smoother. But right now we're just trying to really keep with the 5K training because um, really the focus is the Olympic trials at the end of June and the Olympics. So, Yeah, because historically at the Milrose Games, you've placed second at the mile, right? Yeah, two times in a row. So, um, so did you I really know going into this though? Like going into this one, did you know that like that might not be the what would happen considering you're more focused on the longer distance? So I still thought I, I, I didn't know what kind of shape I was in. So that was what was yeah. hard. I, I know I'm really strong and I've put together some really good training. So I actually think I thought I could replicate something similar to what I have in years past. But now looking back at it, hmm. um, the training that I did the last two years leading into an indoor season or Milrose when I was running miles, I was just turning over a good bit more. And last year, actually, Milrose was my opener. So um, that also was like, okay, well, I've already got one race under the belt. But um, now when I – looking – going into it, I – not saying I underestimated it, but I just really Mm -hmm. didn't know what to expect. And I left not – I didn't want to feel – like I was disappointed, of course, but then – in retrospect, it, it really did make sense based on what the fall had looked like and also running a big 5K only two weeks before. So um, I couldn't be – I was more disappointed that I couldn't be like my full self in that race. Mm. But in the grand scheme of things, like I know this is the direction we should be going and I'm happy that we're not trying to like do some quicker stuff right now because – I want to have a, a great end of summer. And so the priorities are just a little bit different this year. So just have to manage that a little better. But I love the Milrose games. It's it's 10 minutes from my hometown in New Jersey. If you if you don't hit any traffic going over the George Washington <laughs> Bridge. Um, but got to see family and friends. And it was a really fun meet. Um, a, a huge quick turnover. Like I got back Monday and then flew out to Albuquerque on Wednesday. So it's been it's been a crazy travel this indoor season like just back to back to back but which is nice too because then it's over so quickly it's crazy yeah and you're leaving again Monday which is wild (laughs) leaving again Monday this is your second indoor team so how does it feel being the second go around um it's really exciting um it's it's always so amazing to make a, a U.S. team. Like, never want to take that for granted. I've now this is my second indoor team. The first time was in the fifteen hundred. Now it's in the three k, which is kind of fun to change the event. But um, I'm really excited to represent Team USA and um, go to Scotland. I've never been um, to mm. Scotland, so that's going to be a really fun trip to go out there. So I'm I'm really excited and grateful. 
Do you have plans? Like, are you coming straight back home afterwards? Are you going to stay for a couple days? So my race will be a straight final on Saturday. So I won't fly out till Monday. So it would be Sunday would be the day that maybe could do a little exploring, but also watch my teammates. Um, George Beamish and Mario will both be in the men's 1500 mm. too for OAC and then watch Team USA in the in the women's events. So it'll be, it'll be really exciting. Um, don't know if we'll have too much time to explore, but I've heard Glasgow is a beautiful, fun city. So, um, I'm just really excited. (laughs) How do you feel about it being a straight final and no, no rounds? It's, it's pretty cool to, I mean, we're going right into the final. It's going to be one race for where training is right now. I've noticed a lot of people saying that they were maybe picking the three K because it was a straight final and it made more sense with training. It's nice to just have one race and you're just going to give it your all in that event and not have to worry about the rounds. So for indoor training right now, I think that's really good. Um, it'll be different because last year I did have the, or two years ago, I did have that rounds of the 15 to kind mm. of prepare um, and to like get the feels out. But, and that was the first time wearing the USA uniform. So I think in a situation like that, it made it made things easier being the first time and like getting the jitters out in that first round and making me more comfortable for the final. But this time now I've, I've been there, I've done it. So let's now see what we can do in a different event, which will also help me race probably similar people that would be in the 5k, except this year, actually a lot of milers are doing the 3k. So a little bit different. Yeah, we have, um, well, it's funny, all the milers can also run amazing 5Ks, but with Laura Muir and Ellie and Jess, like they're all incredible milers. So um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be an interesting race. <laughs> yeah. Have you talked to Ellie since the race, since you all went one too? So just um, after the race and um, the next day when I, I saw her for some treatment, they were just wondering like, when, when will you find out and things like that. It was, mm. it was a little bittersweet finishing. I knew I had to finish in the top two and I checked that box off, but finishing the race was definitely a different feeling than I had when mm. I made the team two years ago. I am um, not saying I wasn't emotional about it, but I just didn't, I was a little mm-hmm. bit like, oh, I hope like, cause everyone's like, oh, you're going, you're going, you're going. And I, I definitely had to explain to some people that I didn't run yeah. a, a 3k this season yet. Yeah, I got to the track, um, on Sunday with my team and team boss was there and they're all like, congrats. Like Corey was like, oh yeah, like you're going to Glasgow. I'm like, I hope, like, I, I don't know yet. And no one even realized, which is pretty funny, but, um, it's, it's a little confusing, but that's why they made the world ranking system to find another way to get people into events. So I, um, I didn't know, I didn't want to get too excited, but I also didn't want to feel like if I didn't go, it's the end of the world because really mm-hmm. indoor worlds isn't the focus in the big scheme of things. Like it was going to be a bonus, but the indoor season was all about getting the time. And then if you're healthy and feeling good, let's run USA indoors. And then let's see if we can make worlds and get you that experience on the world stage again. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel, yeah, I feel lucky and excited. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it makes me feel better that even the team boss ladies might not have understood, like known, because I didn't get it either. I was like, what do you mean you just found out today? But I Mm -hmm. I guess here's my question. And maybe listeners are wondering too, you did run the 3K to, to get in the top two. Is it because you didn't have the standard? Yes. It's because I didn't have the standard. So, okay. What um, was that? What is the standard? The standard's 837 um, zero, oh. zero. Wow, that's fast. 
Yeah, um, it's a fast time. I actually have run 837. That's my PR from two years ago. So if there just wasn't a time to kind of force that race in the season. And then USA's was at altitude. So I think everyone knew going in um, that was not going to happen at the championship. That's not when you do it. So um, my focus there was really secure the first or second spot. And I know Ellie's in incredible shape and she had the standard. So my priority was like, I need to secure second that to even give myself a shot to even go. So, um, I, I feel like I, I, it was like check one box off and then now wait for the second box. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's also the case. Yeah. In the men's 3k only yard had the standard. So, um, I wonder if, if I don't know if they got in on ranking two Olin or Morgan Beetlescone, but we'll find out, I guess, soon. So Team They're USA They're finding should, out today? Yeah, everyone should find out today. Um, I'm not sure when Team USA will make the announcement, but I think they wanted to wait for World Athletics to accept or decline um, the invites. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit of a waiting game. So it was an interesting feeling. I just didn't want to – either way, I didn't want to have too many emotions about it. But um, mm. so <laughs> – well, I'm kind of glad the interview's today then because we were going to do, were we going to do Monday or Tuesday? One of the two. And we, we rescheduled. Were gonna do you wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. I said that yeah. to Robbie this morning. I'm like, oh, thank God I'm talking to Lindsay th- this afternoon because now I can at least have some exciting news to share <laughs> yeah. without being unknown and then finding out maybe a day or two later. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So now that we're caught up on all that that's recently mm-hmm. happened, we haven't talked since you joined on. So yes. I'd love to hear a little bit about that. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. So I've been with um, the OAC for a little over a year now, which is really nice also on its own, just having a year with a new team, being at altitude um, under Dathan's training. So it's been it's been great. It was a big adjustment coming and moving to altitude, but um, Boulder, Colorado is a gorgeous place to train. The running's unbelievable. And I have such incredible teammates and um, coaches right now that I really feel like I'm in a position where I can be the most successful runner that I can. And this is where I want to be to help me reach my goals. So it's really nice to now be here for a year. Um, The big thing is that when you join a team, everything's so new. So there was so much new stimulus that I was experiencing last year with the training, the altitude, having new training partners, um, just me and Dathan getting to know each other and just living in a new a new state. So I feel a lot calmer and way more adjusted now having a year under my belt, which is also great timing going into 2024. So um, I'm feeling really good about where things are at. Yeah, I imagine at the stage of your career you're in, you, you probably could have gone with several different groups or moved several places. So what made you want to go with the OAC? Yeah, so I was following OAC's progress because they've only been around for a couple of years when I was at Reebok. And I also did have the chance to stay with Reebok um, and stay with Coach Fox. Mm. But when my okay. contract was up, I was really trying to think about like, where do I feel like that next stage of my career needs to go? Like, what am I missing? And um, a big draw to the OAC was also living at altitude. Um, I had gone on a couple altitude camps to Flagstaff, Arizona, and had really good responses um, going into each year with that. So I knew I was a good responder to altitude. So that was something that was really important. And as you see, like 
how many distance runners are living and training at altitude. It's, it is really important. And having, um, training partners with like Alicia, Sage, Cinta, Carmela, now Helen, <laughs> when, when anytime we can keep up with Helen O'Beer, <laughs> not much, but sometimes we link up for some track workouts, which is really fun, but just an incredible group of women to train with. And on was really investing so much in their athletes and in developing the shoes, which has become such a game changer now in track and field with the super shoes. So it really seemed like an exciting opportunity to be part of something that's growing so rapidly and that's so invested in the future of running. Like OAC, their goal was to be making teams and performing at the 2028 Olympics. And they're so far ahead of that, which is Mm. unbelievable. And just like they've grown so quickly and the team has done so well for the brand. So it, um, it was one of the top teams that I was looking for. And I had met Dathan, um, at some meets prior and had some good conversations. And I actually roomed with Alicia two years ago at, um, world indoors. So that was my first time getting to know Alicia Um, which is really cool because then we became teammates two years later. So I knew everybody and just was feeling things out and where things were with joining a group was something I also was excited about. I was with a group at Reebok and I really loved the support of a group environment and what is provided for you. Um, And that was something that I was looking to replicate again in this new training group because also if I was to stay with Reebok, I would have been doing it more on my own at that next contract. So, um, it just made the most sense and I was the most excited about on and OAC. So I did look at some other groups and teams and took visits, but I think I knew deep down that, um, if it was going to work out with the contract that I wanted to go to on. Yeah. What is that like? What does that feel like to just know like, okay, this is it. It was a good feeling because I feel like I'm someone that likes to follow my gut. So my gut was kind of saying like, this is where you need to be. So it it almost made it easier where Uh I wasn't contemplating too much about the other groups and situations. And I think being a bit older and not just coming from the NCAs, like I had a different vision of what it meant to be joining a team. And I actually am one of the older people on the OAC team because everyone they've recruited actually has been out of college. So Mm. that was something Dathan was like, we don't normally bring in someone who's been a pro already into the team. Like I want to develop these runners from college. So he also needed to trust in me that I was someone that's coachable and doesn't, isn't just set in the few ways that they've been trained like the last few years. Like, no, I want to do this, this, this. Like, cause when you're joining with Dathan, it's like, no, it's Dathan's training. Like you're doing this, this, this. So um, he needed to also, want me and also the team wanted like needed to accept me too. So, um, it's become very selective now joining the OAC. So yeah. I was really happy that, um, everyone was on board to accept me. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think it was a video of Nathan I watched where he was like, we're, when we bring people on, we're bringing people on who we think can win medals. Like that's mm-hmm. what we're betting on. Does that feel high pressure? Definitely. But in a good way, that means that okay. like, when they're, they see me as someone that can do that. So they see the potential there and that everyone that they're recruiting to join the OAC is someone that they feel can go and win medals at that stage. But of course, it's um an intense environment at OAC with how many incredible 
athletes we have here and just high caliber on both the men's and the women's side. But I think that makes practice so exciting. Like sometimes you take for granted watching a workout and it's like, yep, that's just every day. We're just seeing all these world-class athletes doing (laughs) incredible things. And then when maybe it's posted online or you see people talking about it and they're just in awe of it. And it's like, oh yeah, we, we witness that every day. So it's kind of, it's really cool and special then to, you know what training all your teammates have been doing going into these big races. So then when you see it happen, it's like you've been part of that journey too. And it's just motivating. And I want to be doing what Alicia's doing. I want to be doing what Yard's doing. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely motivating. And I think in the end, it's a good thing, even though it is pressure. But um, I like some pressure. Pressure is good to have as long as you can manage it in the right way. <laughs> All right, friends, this episode of the podcast is supported by Prevenex, my go-to for protein powder, muscle health, joint health. All the vitamins and supplements that you need are going to be at Prevenex.com. They have the highest quality ingredients, clinically effective supplements that promote health and longevity. And what I'm raving about is their muscle health. If you follow me on Instagram, you might see that I've been lifting quite a bit. My goal is three days a week of lifting, still running around five days a week. And the Muscle Health Plus combines clinically effective doses of creatine monohydrate. If you're taking creatine, you want that monohydrate is the kind that you want. Um, and other essential amino acids. It combines all these amazing ingredients for comprehensive muscle health. And as you age, you know, you hit 30, you hit 40, you hit 50, your muscles break down a certain percentage every decade. And it's so important to fight against that so you can stay strong as you age. Uh, This is something I'm taking really importantly. Importantly, is that a word? (laughs) I'm taking it really seriously. Um, You know... I just hit 40 and this is a big deal to me. So I am focused on the strength training and also taking the muscle health and doing anything complimentary that will help me stay strong and help with that muscle growth and protect against the muscle breakdown. So good news, if you have already used my code ANOTHER with Prevenex, you can use the code Lindsay Strength, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y Strength, to get 15% off your order. As long as you have muscle health in the cart, you can put anything else in there and you can still get that discount using the code Lindsay strength. Um, you can also use the code another, if you've never purchased from Prevenex using my code before, that'll still work for 15% off as well. Um, I highly recommend their products. I take their multivitamin. My kids take their vitamins. I really trust the work they're doing and the ingredients that they put in the products. So go to Prevenex.com and check it out code Lindsay strength or another. All right, friends back to the show. What about team culture? Some teams run together almost every day. Some teams just do their hard workouts together. What is it like for you guys? We meet six days a week. So, um, we meet a lot. Yeah. So our one day to ourselves is Saturdays, which actually is a double day and stride. So it's still a big mileage day, but yeah, uh, our easiest days are Monday and Friday and we meet for a five mile run and an eight mile run and we do our lift after. We go to the weight room three times um, a week. So I feel like we we meet a lot as a team. Even today, um, I was at practice from nine till 1140. I live right near the gym. So then I came over here and we're already on our Zoom. So it's, it's funny that practice is 
do take a long time in the morning. Yeah. And I'll go I'll go out for a double this afternoon. Um, but it's yeah, we meet a lot. And I think that's good too, also being able to meet with the coaches and check in. Um, and sometimes we split up the men and women's um team, but we also just moved gyms so we have a little bit more room to work with and some more treadmills, which is really exciting that um on put that investment for us. So we have more space so we can meet all together. But the the men run a bit faster than we do on our easy days. So a lot of times it's just, it's just, it's just the women running together. And our, our new assistant coach, Kelsey comes on a lot of runs with us too. Um, she just joined the team recently. So it's been fun to run with her as well. Okay. I recently interviewed Kelsey. I have not put oh. the episode out yet. Yeah. And w- when you said six days a week, I was like, somebody just recently told me this. It had to be her. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, um, I'm just holding on to the episode because it's not as um, like, it's not a time sensitive episode, right? It's more like her story. Whereas like I've been doing all these post-Olympic trials episodes and then this one's timely. Mm -hmm. So it'll come out soon, but yours will probably still come out before hers because it's timely. That's how's it going with her chance to talk to her. It's been great. Um, Her energy is really nice to have at practice and also just having a female coach around. Um, is really nice for the women's squad, especially. And I think with our team growing, this is a great time to bring Kelsey in too, because there is so many of us that with just having Dathan's attention, it's been nice to be able to go to Kelsey as well. And her experience coaching at the collegiate level is really valuable. So um, it's been really nice. Her energy is great. And um, I get along with her great. So it's been, it's been really helpful. Yeah. And so earlier you had said like when you moved over and it was like moving all to like Dathan's training, talk about Mm -hmm. that adjustment and like what the big changes have been. The biggest change I would say has been the volume of things. Um, Dathan's a bit heavier on the volume and how long the workouts are. Um, With Coach Fox, we did a lot of the volume, let's say like on, like we got our volume from long run or doing threshold on some hilly dirt roads, but my track workouts were a bit shorter, uh, maybe say like three miles of volume total. But now with Dathan, they could be up to like six or seven on the track. Um, So the volume has increased, but the intensity I would say has stayed the same in the sense that I did a lot of VO2 stuff with Fox. And especially in 2022, we did focus on the 1500. So I was hitting those faster paces um, a bit more, but I would say my sweet spot is when Dathan gives me a VO2 workout, I can really nail that. And I think that's just from having that experience with Coach Fox, who is very VO2 heavy in his training, that I got really good at that. Um, so then when I go to the track with Dathan, like I can excel at that. Um, but what's little different is that sometimes now I'll just do threshold on the track with Dathan. So it actually feels more comfortable than doing it on a hilly dirt road in Virginia but we're at altitude, the volume's higher. So there's there's more fatigue in my legs. Um, so that would be the biggest difference. And I've just increased my uh, mileage a little bit too. When when Coach Foch got me right out of college, um, yeah. I hadn't had years of consistency. So of course, that first year, he was not going to jump me up in mileage. And then the next year, I would say we focused more on the quality of workouts and really increasing my mileage again. It went up maybe like five miles a week. But not as much as it has since joining um, Dathan and also being at altitude. So the volume as a whole has gone up and just the amount that I'm even practicing just in the weight room and all the other 
things that go along with being on the OAC team. Um, I feel like I'm at practice for a lot longer, (laughs) which is funny. Um, But yeah, so um, I think also just as I'm getting older too, I can handle more, like my body can Mm -hmm. physically handle more. So it was just the natural progression to keep increasing. Um, But now, especially with the focus going to be on the 5K, um, this year we'll definitely see a shift in my volume just staying steady and consistently higher. It sounds like what went from like a full-time job went to a really full-time job with the, with the practice. Like, like you really, your plate is full, full now. Yeah. It does feel like it is. I'm like, what was I doing? No, but, um, (laughs) the, the, a little bit of difference. We drove a lot in Virginia to get Uh, to run. So I did spend a lot of time in the car. Like say I would drive 30 minutes to get to beautiful dirt roads, but it wasn't right in Charlottesville mm -hmm. and in, Colorado I can there's soft surface point like half a mile from my house right now which is really cool so um the access to soft surface is really incredible here and I I live literally half a mile from the gym so I'm pretty close um to the gym Robbie actually got me him and his mom for my birthday got me a scooter so now I can scoot to the gym so I'm going to be scooting to the gym when the weather gets a little nicer um everyone's been asking where it was because I brought it out for a couple days but there's too much snow I can't I can't risk it if there's any ice or snow on the ground I got to be safe but when the weather turns nice I'll be I'll be scooting my way to practice instead of driving (laughs) or walking so good Oh, that's so good. My kids want an electric scooter so bad. And I'm like, no way. They go fast. Mine goes Uh -uh. like, I was going 20 miles per hour. I was like, I need a helmet. Totally. I know. Because I've Mm -hmm. rented them like downtown and stuff before. And I'm like, I'm not going to like take a helmet with me to like go out to dinner. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like I need one. They're so fast. They are. I will say getting... I thought it was going to feel like the Lime scooters. This one does yeah. feel a lot smoother. And apparently okay. I, I have off-road tires, but I'm too nervous to get it dirty. So I haven't taken it on the trail. But our our goal is to start using it as like our pacer, like have someone uh-huh. on it and like pace the team. But um, we'll see if we get to that. We haven't done that yet. But um, they do go fast. So I don't know. It, it was a little scary. I, I had to get some rhythm going before I got too comfortable with it. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Okay. So you're in Boulder. Like what mm-hmm. about what, tell us about like, who do you hang out with? What is the culture like now that you're in the sea of distance runners? Because in Charlottesville, it wasn't quite as robust as far as the running community. Definitely. You see so many more runners around, like you'll be at the track and it's OAC team boss, the Tin Man guys, people coming from altitude camps. And we could all be doing a workout (laughs) on the Niwot high school track, which is so funny (laughs) to think about because I never saw anyone in Virginia. Mm -hmm. And now you're surrounded by such incredible pro teams. So it's a little bit different. Um, Just not saying it's distracting, but you definitely hear so much more that's going on. Like if I never knew what was going on with any other teams, but now I know everything. So it's um, a little bit different of like managing that right when I came here um, to just kind of be like in tune, even with my own team. Like there's just a lot of people. So it's like you're very in tune with what's happening with everyone else. So just managing your emotions because you take on other people's emotions as well. Um, So just even managing that was a big shift coming here with so much stimulus coming in. But um, it's really cool to be in a town that's really the running hub of us and Flagstaff are the two biggest, yeah. but, um, 
it was nice coming here. Actually, um, one of my best friends from college lived here already. Um, and also my old teammate from Reebok, um, Tori, lived here, uh, moved here a few years ago as well. So two of my best friends um, who were both in my wedding lived here already. Aww. So that was a really nice, like, moving here and knowing that I had, like, Tori and Morgan outside of just my team of running. And in this last year, I've gotten really close with now my teammates. But just coming here and having people that we knew already was a nice, like, calming factor when we moved here. So, um, and now I've just gotten to be closer with also just um, the other runners in town too. So it's it's been nice. Yeah, I feel like sometimes it's hard to really find time to see too many people when you are meeting and traveling so much. I think last year I was gone for almost three months when we went up to St. Wow. Moritz for the summer. So it didn't even feel like I had too much time in Boulder. But this fall, even though I was traveling a lot, was really nice to have to let things kind of calm down and settle in and enjoy the team, not in such a high like stress environment where I joined during indoors and we're racing two weeks after I joined the team. So it was really nice to have that fall with the team where you're just doing the fall training grind. And um, it's a, it's a definitely a different vibe, I would say. And I'm glad I got to experience that because I did join in January of last year. Mm. And Robbie, how's he liking Boulder? He's liking it a lot. Yeah, it um he he's been to altitude as well. I think it's a little different being here full-time running, but he's been really helpful for me and Alicia especially jo- jumping in on workouts and he just found his mm. groove and he's coaching people and working as a personal trainer now too. So it's nice that he's found like his little niche in town too and also ironically when we came here, I remember we went out to dinner with Tori and Jackson that like a week in and there was five people that somehow walk in and knew Robbie, which was so hilarious <laughs> that he hadn't seen from like college or anything. And I'm like, wow, this is this is how it's going to be. Like, we're going to know people here. But yeah, it's um, a great community and he's he's been really liking it. And I think just us having a year here, we definitely didn't feel settled right away. Um, we had our guest room mm. like not unpacked. We had boxes still in it and didn't put a bed in there. And now this fall, I was like, nope. We're, we're really moving in and we got a bed we, um, we put all the boxes away. So I think that was also a nice calming factor of like, no, we're, we're here. Like this is home. <laughs> hey everybody. Did you know that I have training plans for sale on my website, lindsayhine.com? I have a 5k. This is more of a beginner 5k. Uh, I have three half marathon options and four marathon options all the way from beginner to advanced. And I've had so many people reach out and say they've had success on these plans. I actually, I just had someone reach out recently who purchased the beginner half marathon plan for her sister. Um, And she said, I used your advanced plans for both the marathon and the half marathon to crush my PRs in the last six months. Especially proud of my 138 half marathon a couple of weeks ago. Thanks for all you do and the awesome content you provide. Oh my gosh. That's from Heather. Thank you so much. That email made my day. And also just makes me so happy to know that these training plans are truly helping people reach their goals. Um, They're very affordable. Hiring a coach can be expensive. I also do coach and I offer those services too, but I think that the coaching component is really expensive and though can be super beneficial and helpful and a lot of people love that accountability. If you're someone who can self-execute, 
These plans give you everything you need. We have pre and post run stretching and strength routines on there. The half marathon plans are 14 weeks. The marathon plans are 18 weeks with a good like four week base build in there. You could jump in a few weeks in if you're already if you already have a base. Um, they also provide detailed pace charts that can help guide you with your workouts depending on your goals and your time goals for the race. And they're also beautifully designed. So go to lindsayhine.com to check them out and just click on that training plan tab. All right, friends, back to the show. Um, okay, so the first time we ever talked, I believe you had run 1452 and that was like a really big deal. Does that sound mm-hmm. right? Like that's, you had broke 15 minutes for the first time? Yes, it was that first race that I had broken. I had run like 1519 in the early race in um, Texas and then went out to California for the sound running race where Emma Coburn paced us through over 3K and I came away with, a, yeah, 1452. So that was, that was a big one. <laughs> I feel like that was the race where you were first like, or at least as fans, we were first like, Oh, Joe sets on the stage. Like she's a big contender to make the Olympic team, like every, you know, mm-hmm. starting to pay attention. So I'm sure that felt high pressure in a sense, like, okay, now my name's being thrown in, in the ring. What mm-hmm. does it feel like now, like three years later, you've matured a lot, you've joined a new team, you're in a new place, all these things. Like, how are you mm-hmm. feeling now leading into the Olympic year? Yeah, that was definitely um, a big shift because I remember when I ran the 1519, it was like, yes, we're going to the trials. And then two months later, 1415 it's like, you have the, you have the Olympic time, like you can make the team. And I think that shift in that whole season where things were, um, just clicking and going so smoothly was a lot to transition to one. My, my body was there physically, but, uh, like emotionally and like maturity level, I don't think I was there when I got to the line at the Olympic trials. And I was the person that people were like, yeah, she, she's going to make the team. And I think just that whole year wasn't, it was like that first year with Fox. It was like, that wasn't necessarily the focus. Of course I want to make the Olympic team, but I think in my head I was like, no, like 2024, like I have more time, which is something also I think I took for granted too. Like this sport does move so fast. And now looking back, like I, I haven't made an outdoor team. Um, and my big goal is to make this Olympic team. And I do feel a lot more prepared and matured now going into 2024 than I have in years past. And I feel like there's a lot more focus. Like in the past, maybe there's just been things, whether it's like one, I thought I was doing the 1500 or if I'm doing the 5k, like I feel like I, not saying I was lost, but with how smooth mm. 2021 was. And I did make indoors in 2022, but that outdoor season and then last year, like, I I didn't feel like I could, I wasn't like my full true self, I felt like. So I think I feel a lot more prepared emotionally and like a lot calmer about things like going into this year. And that is something I really want to check off the box of making an outdoor team. And it's really cool that I'll have this in a week running on the world indoor stage is like a stepping tone into this year. Like that's a great, that's a great start of the year. (laughs) How do you like get calm in your mind when you're preparing for these big races? Yeah, I think having more experience is so important. So last year was, was really great. Actually, I was able to 
go to Europe and race a bunch of Diamond Leagues actually before USA's. But looking back, I think I also exhausted myself out a little bit, how much I was racing and also the new stimulus of being on a new team. I was in Europe for a month before the um, the USA um, trial. So I think now, like, I think I know what I need better and I know how I can be more successful. And there's less about these like trials and errors type situations and less about also replicating like what worked, you know, like if 2021 was that smooth year, no interruptions, it's like that, that might never happen again. Like you need to be more adaptable. And I think I've become a lot more adaptable and also just like learning from each race and how I feel good and things like that. So I think a lot of it comes with just maturity and experience and also standing up for yourself too. And like knowing what you need. So like this year, I don't want to go to Europe before um, USA. So I'm actually going to stay in the US and that's like a decision we decided now in the fall. So I think being a lot more like proactive in your decisions and knowing what you need, especially now being with a group too, like you got to make sure you're taking care of yourself first. Um, And that's something that I've been trying to prioritize, especially going into this big year. Like what does Josette need to be successful? Wow. So you felt like before you kind of went to those races just because you, it seemed like it was the expectation. Yeah. And it's like, you have these great opportunities to go and do these diamond leagues. So last year I was like, yeah, I'm going to run, I'm going to run Florence. I'm going to run Oslo, all these races I hadn't done. And actually the races were great. I ran four flat at Florence, had a good mile. And like, it was, I was running really well, but looking back, I think it was just, did that take away from Mm. then the end of the summer? So now just like looking back at things as a season and like being more reflective on things too, because I think sometimes I'm just, you're just go, go, go. Like you're just moving on to the next thing. And sometimes you don't even have time to really process the last thing you did. Um, So that's something also this year I want to be better at working on, like be more reflective on even just like every race that you do, because sometimes it goes so fast that it's like, yeah, on to the next one, Um, which is kind of sad sometimes. So um, yeah, I want to be more like in the moment of what's going on, but also how can that then help you to be better in the future? So yeah, just being, maybe slowing things down a little bit. <laughs> um, how much like autonomy do you have in choosing like where you race and whatnot? Obviously you're going to race the USA championships and things like that, but like mm-hmm. outside of those races. So a lot of the bigger races, those diamond leagues, it's like you, sometimes it's a last minute decision of when you're finding out you're getting in. So that's also like an emotional stress of like trying to figure that out and make that schedule. So you can make a schedule that you hope for, but that might not be the one that happens. But, um, especially with, uh, it being an Olympic trials year, I think you're not saying you're a little bit like you're going to take less risks, but you want to be really like precise about what you're doing leading up to into something like that. And maybe, Last year when you're traveling and doing all that, maybe that's not the best going into depending on what year you're getting ready for. So um, I think, of course, I'll talk to Dathan and we'll figure it out. Like I can already like think in my head of like a couple races that would make a lot of sense getting into Mm -hmm. June. It's so crazy that June happens so quick. There's actually not that much time once you're once this indoor season's over, you're training and getting a nice base for April. And then once May starts, you'll start racing. But then the Olympic trials is June. So it comes really quick. So 
there's not even that much time to really try to squeeze in no. too, too much. But um, yeah, we'll talk about it and come up like I'll hear, Dathan will probably make a proposal for everybody on the team and then we'll talk through it. But um, you can already almost like just seeing the schedule know what would make the most sense already. And it's March. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. It's like four months out from the mm-hmm. trials. Wow. Because <laughs> I feel like us, the running media has been so consumed with the marathon trials. And now mm-hmm. it's like, here we are. Now we're shifting and it's so close. How does that sit with you that it's so close? It's exciting. I feel like when the marathon trials were going on, like that was something that was really nice to like be excited for because it's so fun to watch and also it's about making the Olympic team and also you know you still have some more time so it's like okay we can enjoy this and not feel the pressure so but then it really opens your eye like oh yeah we're next the track people are next so um, your turn it's yeah it's our turn so it's indoors is a really good way to get the body like remembering what that racing feels like and getting those jitters out of the way so um I always think having a couple indoor races is important to break up that fall training because since October all the way through the end of January, we were just putting in all that strength work. So Mm -hmm. it's fun to be able to go out and show a little bit of what you can do and also just remember what it's like to put your spikes on, put your uniform on. um, And then it's like, okay, now we'll do another uh, little build up to get ready for the spring season. So um, it's just been... It's exciting, but you also want to remember, like, take it one month at a time, one week mm-hmm. at a time, and every day it's just like, okay, like my week revolves around the next workout, which is so funny. It's like, okay, I just did my long run yesterday, and now um, tomorrow I have a workout day, and then you go to the next workout. So um, we are in just kind of like that, like you said, the college cycle of like get week by week by week <laughs> to yeah. get to the goal. Um, speaking of college, I was thinking, was anybody that ran in the marathon trials like? Was there anybody that you used to race with running that has oh. already moved up to the marathon? Fiona. Oh, <laughs> like she was with, at. You raced with Fiona? Fiona in the 5K or 10K in 2019. I just remember her at the NCAs I made, but um, okay. it's so fun. That was so crazy. She was actually my. We made um, bets on the OAC team, just like as like fun, like fun, oh, yeah. like who will yeah, and um, she was my dark horse pick. So I, really? I was the one that had her. Yeah, Dathan had her too, actually. So me and Dathan had her as our our dark horse pick. So um, I felt pretty. I still lost the challenge, but I got second. But <laughs> I, I, had, mean, I had her as my dark horse. <laughs> when she took off, were, were you watching on TV? I was, yeah. I waited to do my first run at like noon because um, I was like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch all of it in the morning. Um, even start my first run at noon and do the second run at <laughs> like eight <a>. p.m. <laughs> yeah. Who else, who else was on your team? I had um, Emily Sisson, Kiera, and Betsy. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you and went. You Fiona, went with the, yeah. the top three seated times. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so fun. And there was like 15 people, I feel like, that could have made that team. Maybe 20. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, that's what's so crazy about the marathon, that anything can happen. So it, it yeah. almost feels like – it almost feels more unpredictable than a track race because the race is so long that anything really could happen. So um, it's just – it was really – entertaining to watch on TV. I I did not want to be out there running a marathon like them, but <laughs> I was going to say I feel like when you're a 5K runner like when you see a, the marathon are you like I never want to do that in my entire life or like 
hmm, enticing a little bit. I, I actually, I will run a marathon eventually, but not anytime soon. But I do think, um, which is really cool, especially for female runners. Like I could have a second part of my career on the roads. So that's something actually that gets me excited. Um, because like right now all in on track, like having this track career, but that could be that next step in the career where you see people move to the roads and doing it also while they're older too and having kids. So it's like, that's really like inspiring and something like, Oh great. Like there, there's an avenue for that. And one day I'll be part of that, but also, yeah, it's not, not on the mind yet, but um, definitely something that I'd love to do run New York city marathon. That'd be amazing. Like run. Yeah. So hopefully that's, if I'm having a long career and I'm staying healthy and things keep progressing, like that could be the next stage, but nope. Not anytime soon. I still haven't made it. I haven't made it to the 10K yet. So I I still have to move up to the 10K before even (laughs) getting up to there. (laughs) We were just talking about this, though, on the Relay podcast, because um, I think because of Fiona, really. And we're like, Mm -hmm. well, what if some of these other 5K and 10K runners that are really, really good gave the marathon a shot? Because you just Mm -hmm. don't know how you'll do in it until you do it. Yeah. But... We we glamorize the marathon, right? We glamorize mm-hmm. the marathon. And it's like these people are still having a lot of success and fun on the track. So why would you rush the process when if you delay those like massive mileage weeks and whatnot, maybe your body will be like sustained longer, right? Like you will mm-hmm. you'll stay injury free longer. True. I do think it's hard for people to want to make that transition to the roads because it almost feels like once you go, you can't come back. Like you, can't, you, you once you have marathon legs, you can't get back to the track. But I've seen even my um, old teammate Paige Stoner, she ran a marathon yeah. at, it was the, one of the fastest debuts for her age. And, um, and she went back to the track and was running the 10K. And you saw with Emily Sisson getting back to the 10K. So people can do it. It's hard. It's definitely hard and not everyone could do that. But also it, there is an interesting debate of like, how young should you be to start your marathon career? So, um, because you are seeing people doing it younger and younger, but then you're also seeing people can do it older and older. So, um, it's both. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking to the older people. I'm like, Oh no, like I want to be like you guys. (laughs) Save you marathon at 35. (laughs) Yeah. Get you hey, to the 20, twenty twenty eight trials first yeah, on the track. Yeah, on the track, yeah, we'll still be on the track for twenty twenty eight. Don't worry. <laughs> what um, what do you love so much about the track? I one thing is that like being a competitor, like you love racing. So that's what's also was so much fun about the fifteen hundred. You could do it so much more often than you can for maybe the distance races. Mm-hmm. Like especially if you're a ten k runner, you really only have like you don't want to really run more than one 10 K a year, unless it's your qualifier. And then at the Olympics or world champs. So I do love racing. And, um, I think track has just always been part of my life from a young age. Like you ran, I ran track in middle school and high school and, um, just like it's comfortable like it. And it's where Mm. I, I've always been. So, um, I always used to run road five Ks and they were fun, but, um, I think I just love one, your chance to compete so much and also just seeing how fast you can be. And, um, yeah, it's just something thrilling about the track. There's, you feel that like pressure. I I definitely, anytime I've done a road race, of course, now it never has felt like much pressure, but of course, Mm -hmm. if that was my 
career and like the focus, then that would change. But um, yeah, the hearts, the hearts just loves racing on the track. <laughs> if you're most comfortable on the track, mm-hmm. where are you most uncomfortable? Not necessarily in races, just like in general. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. I know. I don't know why I just thought of that. In a class doing a presentation. (laughs) (laughs) I think back now, if I, if I, like when I see the college kids, I'm like, oh my God, if I had to go up and do a presentation on something for school, that would give me so much anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, definitely. That that is an interesting, because it's like you feel so free running, you know, like even like you're so comfortable doing that. So where would you be? The most uncomfortable. Most uncomfortable. I don't know. I was trying to think of it myself too. I don't know. On a stage trying out for American Idol. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, speaking of that, your flight over to, um, what is it? Ga- Glaslow. Gla- mm-hmm. How do I say it? Glasgow. <laughs> Glasgow, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> what are you going to be like listening to, reading, watching? I know. I just thought about that. I'm going to have to go and download some movies. I am going to try to sleep. It, I'm not the best napper, sleeper. Like I, I sleep at night, but I, I'm a terrible napper. Dathan really wants me to fix that, but oh. it's not something I normally do. I like to relax, but it's hard for me to fall asleep. So my big goal would be falling asleep on the plane. But if okay. not, um, I, I'm not someone that can like read on the plane or also read in a car. I get very, um, like car sick from doing that. So I will stick to the, I'll stick to some movies. I got to find some stuff to watch. I've been rewatching the survivor, like all the survivor episodes that are recoming out. I, I forgot that I loved survivor growing up as a kid. I remember me and my um, middle school friend were like one day we're going to be on survivor. Like we're going to go and win that whole thing. Um, so I've been rewatching the survivor episode just to pass time sometimes, but um, I'm going to need to find, I'll probably find some cute little, rom-com movies yeah um, I still haven't seen Oppenheimer I was like that one would put me maybe to sleep if I watched a three-hour Oppenheimer movie I haven't seen it either I my husband went to see it in the theater and I was like mm, no thank you I just like that is way too long to sit in a movie th- I need mm-hmm. like breaks for a movie like oh that. I know I can't sit there for yeah. three hours I'd have yeah, been asleep me- within the first hour <laughs> Me, Alicia, and um, Sage saw Barbie in London, oh, which was really fun. So when cute. like everything was coming out, like and everyone uh-huh. got so dressed up um, in London, the movie theater. I'd never been to a movie theater in another country, and it was so much fun because everyone was like so into it. And uh-huh. um, we like barely had any pink stuff because we were in Europe like the month before. Like racing. But yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh god, throw in anything you have that's pink, so we fit in <laughs> with all the Barbie girls. <laughs> But that, that was fun going to a theater in another country. <laughs> I haven't seen Barbie yet. I can't believe it. It's it's out now. You can see it. Um, I think it's on, might be on Peacock or HBO. But <laughs> Well, Barbie and um, the Taylor mo- um, concert movie. I need I to rent both. I haven't seen that one yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm like, I was going to rent the Taylor one, but I was like, you can't buy it. I wanted <laughs> to buy it. You can't buy it, I don't mm-hmm. think. And it was like, you had to watch it within 24 hours. And I was like, I don't know if this is the 24 hours I want though. Like I, you know what I mean? So yeah, um, I, I, do I have also been watching so much, um, coffee videos. I got really into espresso, um, this oh. fall. So I've been, 
watching like James Hoffman. Um, he's a big coffee guy on YouTube. So I've been watching all of his videos and watching analysis of like shots being pulled of espresso, but I got really into espresso and I've been upgrading my coffee bar slowly a little bit more oh. and more, but, um, uh, yeah, my, I'm very into that. So that's been fun. A new little hobby of mine. <laughs> I want to do that. Why don't I do that? I always think I want to do that and I never do. I just have my little vanilla syrup and my milk and that's all I do. So you're Robbie, are you Robbie made some vanilla bean syrup like homemade. So I, we can stop buying it to put in his, um, flat white. So his orders of vanilla flat white. So I make him that. Too. I'm more. Oh, really? Oh gosh. That's my I'll order. Have to make Ex you some. <laughs> Extra hot. Extra hot. Wait, I have to like add, I have to make Robbie's milk warmer because he wants it hotter. He says his We have milk the exact is, same coffee yeah. order. I, like he's, <laughs> that's so funny. I could just make you the Robbie shot. <laughs> but, but now like my prep time, because I do all the little steps that all the coffee people, like it's like WDTing, distribution. I like, I'm measuring out my uh -huh. beans. I'm like, I need to wake up for practice earlier. I'm running out of time. Like it takes, and everyone's like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, you should watch me like do my prep work. I, I sent Kelsey a video of this other boy that I found doing his prep work. And it's like a six minute video. And I'm like, this is me in the morning. This is why like I'm taking so long and I'm late to practice because now I have to <laughs> do it for Robbie and myself. So, um, sometimes I'm like, oh, Robbie, I don't have time to make your coffee. Like it's, um, I didn't wake up early enough. <laughs> this is your first coffee of the day. Oh yes. I, I'm doing yeah, anytime I'm doing it now, I'm doing the prep work um, for the coffees every See, time. See, because that to me, I'm like my first coffee, my first cup of the day, it has to just be like I push the button. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I can't know. think that much. It is hard because sometimes I'm half asleep and like I'm like, oh God, it's it's <laughs> not very Listen, good. Listen, the older we, I get at least, the morning routine, the nighttime routine, it all gets so long. Like I'm mm -hmm. like swooshing mouth oil, taking my athletic greens <laughs> while I do those things. I'm unloading the dishwasher. The coffee is the only like simple thing still. So I have to, but I, I would like my second cup to be, to be the fancy this, one. Like, because then it's like, like if I were drinking that right now, like that would be such a gift to be drinking that mm -hmm. during this interview. It's like a enjoyable thing. But now like, I feel bad, but now my like standards of like what I oh, want. Oh, you can't for go the, back. Can't the go coffee, back. I I still can. Like I can still go to a diner and enjoy yeah. a diner coffee. But now that I'm experimenting so much with the espresso, I can. I'm also trying to work on like knowing the flavor profiles. Is mm -hmm. it fruity or is it chocolatey? I I can't decide which one I like more. But um, I've been having fun with it. So then it is fun to do. But yes, now I I do feel the pressure in the morning. I have a lot more time to make a nice afternoon coffee. And I'm someone that actually, I'll drink like Americanos. I, I like the espresso and the plain one. And then I'll treat myself maybe to like a cortado or a flat white in the afternoon. But I like make Robbie all the milk ones because I want to work on my latte art. So like I don't uh -huh. even, I don't even care, but I'll make myself the latte in the afternoon just because I want to practice my latte art. art. So he's, he's my, like, I get to experiment on him. <laughs> What's your favorite art? Like, are you doing hearts? Are you doing leaves? What are you doing? I am doing hearts, but then also like we're like the layered hearts, like three in a row. And, mm. and then sometimes, you know, it's a one and done. I'll never do it again, but somehow I made a bird and that's a bird. <laughs> Once I made the Harry Potter sorting hat and I'm like, that's the Harry Potter sorting hat. Like, yeah. 
it'll never happen again, but I made it today. So You don't know how it happened, but it happened. I, I don't know how, yes. <laughs> but um, I, I'm trying to get better. I got a new milk pitcher to like ha- that's more round spouted to get closer to the cup. I got better cups. So um, let's just say a lot of money is going into this espresso. You you get the machine, you think you're done, but oh, then yeah. it's like step yeah. after step, and um, yeah, it's a process. <laughs> I'm entering what? giveaways to win free espresso machines. <laughs> <laughs> I've entered like five. <laughs> oh my god! Which espresso yeah. machine do you have though? So I just got actually really helpful. One of my good friends worked for Breville. So she got me half off on one of the newer Breville machines. So it's a Barista Touch and Press. But I'm already like, I got so into it that I've already moved on from it. Yeah. So I'm ready for the next one. But I've only had this one since September. So I'm like, no, we got to keep it. you're still using it. Yes, I am. But I just got all the accessories to make it um, more elaborate and just to make it a better shot, like new, like a bottomless portafilter so you can watch the shot come out and like see the distribution. So um, I've just been buying little accessories to make it better. And one day I'll get um, the dream machine, the expert dream machine. The like $1,500 one. That, well, this one I have now is like a $1,500 one. The one, oh. the dream one I want is like 3000 So I'm trying to win it for free. <laughs> So if Joseph Norris tags you in comments on I, Nespresso giveaway or like giveaway, you know, you've like tag your friends. Oh, yes. The giveaways. I, I, ta- I tag the same three people, Robbie, Tori, Jackson. I'm like, sorry, guys, you're just going to be spammed. Um, yeah. You could you can add me. I'll start tagging. OK, you. I'll start. I'll start, too. I'll start tagging. But then I'll be you a can competitor. Try. I'll be you competing can try to, to too. win it. OK. I know. Then you're oh, going to be like, oh, I want this one. This is one of those things, though, I've thought about it for like 10 years that I want one and I haven't got it. And it, like, there's a lot of things I've spent a lot of, you know, money on. So like, mm-hmm. what? it's time. My excuse it, now, though, is like, I just turned 40. So now I'm always like, I'm 40. I can do it. Like, it's always my excuse. Like, why not? Why not? I mean, it's been, I've enjoyed it a lot, a lot more than I knew I would. And I've gotten mm. into it so quickly. So I'm really happy because it's been like a fun little hobby. Like I didn't, now I feel like I'm into espresso. We are going to trademark Josie's Java. So, you know, that's going to be, oh, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, your... yep. So anytime I make soda a latte, they're like Josie's Java. Java. Okay. So All maybe, right. maybe I'll, I should make a Instagram for it and start posting my latte art. That's what I should do. You should do that. Here's I the did... hat, the sporting hat. We have no idea where it came from, but here yeah. it is. Yeah, I made a hummingbird once. <laughs> Ooh, so good. Oh my gosh. Well, last time we talked to, I forget who did you say was the band that you were super into? Oh, it was Halsey. Halsey. I love Halsey. Are you, mm-hmm. are you still a big Halsey fan? I am. She hasn't come out with anything new too recently. So, but I, I'm still very loyal. If she has a concert, I will be there uh, when in. she has another one. But um, lately, I've been loving um, Benson Boone, who's just been releasing a couple new songs. So, have you heard him? Do I his know, song but "Beautiful I'll look Things." Him up. He's coming Ooh. to Denver in April, so I might want to see him. But also, I think I think it might conflict with the Pen Relays, and On is oh. um, one of the sponsors. So, I w- I will be at the Pen Relays for On. So it might conflict, but if not, um, yeah, he's been he's been fun to be following he's a newer artist but okay yeah, I like finding like n- newer artists that are coming out but 
will he be at the Red Rocks? Is that where he'll be in Denver or like a smaller venue? I think it's a smaller venue. I still haven't been yeah. to the Red Rocks. I need to go yeah. to a Red Rocks concert. I know. I feel like yeah. there's so much in Colorado that we haven't experienced much because it was just been like when we when I came here, so much racing and so much just adjusting that even in the fall, I was definitely traveling a lot. I thought we were going to do a couple more hikes or activities around here, but there's a lot that I have not seen in Colorado that I need mm. to see because it's, it's so beautiful here. <laughs> I know when we moved to North Carolina, I was like, okay, I'm going to check this box and this box and this box. Every month we're going to try a new park and a new this. And now I'm like, ooh. And then this year started and I was like, um, okay, once a month I'm going to do a new adventure. And now it's mm-hmm. February. And I did an adventure in December. So I was like, okay, I'm okay. kicking the year off right. And now you went, I, you went to the beach recently. I did that go to be, the beach. That's yeah. always fun. I love the beach. <laughs> but we've been to that beach like six times now, which is, it's like, this is good. We know what we like. Um, <laughs> we need to get to the mountains though. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. Well, this is a kick in my pants. You are going to have to wait till after the Olympics to <laughs> to do any exploring. <laughs> yeah. Well, what is the best, most recent book you've read? The most recent one I've read actually um, was Kara Goucher's book, mm. um, which was a great read. Yeah. So that that was um, really a really touching book to just like watch her journey. And then as like an athlete, being able to like feel the emotions that she was feeling in each of her races and as her career was going. So it really touched me reading that book. Recently, I did also, uh, I'm not the best reader, I will admit. I'm not the best at it. (laughs) This is kind of a funny thing. But um, Robbie and I had rewatched all the Harry Potters and I've never read the Harry Potter books. So Robbie bought me a picture book of the Harry Potter book so I would read it quicker. And enjoy all the pictures <laughs> and the scenery. So now I've been reading the Harry Potter picture books. And actually, they're gorgeous books with, they're like, beautiful, beautiful illustrations. So now I want to put it, like, on a – the but uh-huh. they're massive. Like a coffee table. So I, I want to put it on, like, a beautiful display of all the series of that. So uh-huh. that's been what we've been doing recently. But <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> I bought – we. I think we've read three of the Harry Potter books. Like, I just read them aloud to my kids mm-hmm. and – the first oh, yeah, one that's... I bought was the picture one. <laughs> hmm Because it's I more it. fun. Oh, it's so fun. He was trying to make it more fun for me because my attention span for sitting down is not yeah. always the best. <laughs> and it's beautiful, but I was like, I'm just going to buy – because you could, I could have bought the whole box set, but I was like, I'm just going to buy the one because I don't know if they're going to get be into it. Mm-hmm. And they do like it, but I've just – I've checked the other ones out at the library, so. Um, I know. I'll have oh, to I get a that. nice – a fun display for it one time. This display, yeah. Um, well, okay. I guess we can end with like, what are your last thoughts heading into um, World Indoors? I'm really excited for World Indoors. Um, like I said, I feel like I'm a bit untested in the 3K. So I'm really excited for that event to give it my best shot and see what I can do in the 3,000 meters. So um, training's been going really well and I'm in a really – good spot and now have a couple races under me. So I feel like um, I'm going to be set up for success at World Indoors. And I'm really excited to go to Glasgow and put on the uniform again. Like it's been um, two years now. So it's just a, it, it feels really uh, fulfilling um, going into an Olympic year outdoors. And it's just mm. like another step in getting ready for um, trying to make the Olympics. So um, yeah, just excitement right now is what I'm feeling. 
Josette, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Josette, for coming on the podcast. Everybody go cheer Josette on in the indoor championships. You can find her on Instagram. She is Josette Norris. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hines 626 Learn everything we talked about. Check out the show notes, sandyboyproductions.com. Just click on the I'll Have Another tab. You can sign up for our newsletter there as well. Again, my training plans, lindsayhine.com. You can find 5K, half marathon, and marathon training plans over at lindsayhine.com. Thanks so much for being here. We will see you next week on I'll Have Another.